Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. You're listening to episode 212 of the Membership Guys podcast, the number one podcast in the world for membership site owners. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, one half of the Membership Guys, and I've got a fantastic episode lined up for you today. Okay, so in today's episode, I want to talk about our business and our own membership. Turn the focus around on us a little bit because we regularly get questions from our members and indeed from our wider audience wanting to know about how we run our membership, how our business has grown over time, what's worked for us, what hasn't, and so on. So every now and then we like to open the curtain on that and share a few tidbits about the membership guys, membersiteacademy.com, and any other stuff we've got going on. Now, of course, there's lots of moving pieces to our business. We're always testing new things and our success has been a culmination of lots of little things that have worked well for us in terms of our marketing, in terms of how we approach member engagement, content strategy, and so on. So obviously things like this podcast and our Facebook group, which has got about eleven to 12,000 membership site owners in, all those sorts of things, they're all obvious big pieces of the puzzle. And so too are things like the membership roadmap that we have inside Membersite Academy and things like how accessible we make ourselves in the community, all that sort of stuff, the real important parts of our success so far. However, I want to highlight a handful of real specific things that we think have been particularly impactful to us along the way in terms of strategy. And even a couple of real, simple, specific little tactics or changes we've made that have actually made quite a big difference. And I also want to mention a few things that we'd expected would be a bigger factor in our success, but ultimately didn't quite turn out that way. So without doubt, we both feel that the most important thing to us and the thing that has been perhaps the driving force in our strategy has been getting really, really tight and really, really focused on our niche or niche, as our colonial cousins will say. This is something that we can credit a lot of our success to. Now, that's not to say that the only reason we've been successful is because of our topic. There are plenty of people who've tried to enter the space and proclaim themselves to be membership experts only to disappear a few months later. So it's not just as easy as finding the right topic, but the way in which we've maintained that laser focus on our niche pretty much from day one. And I say pretty much because we actually had to tighten up even more because when we started, all of our blogs and everything we were putting out there, they were about membership sites and online courses. So there was always a heavier leaning towards membership sites, but we were still trying to kind of straddle two sides of the topic there by looping in online courses. Now, technically, online courses are a form of membership site, but there's a lot of fundamental differences in terms of how you approach it, in terms of the type of marketing you'll use, the way in which you engage members. They're very different types of products. So, To begin with, maybe for about three or four months, we had that slightly broader focus. We were still very niche, but we had to tighten that up even more. We had to stop talking so much about the courses side of things. And even to this day, we have to make sure we've got a real deliberate effort to not stray too far out of our niche. And that can be challenging. It can be frustrating, especially because between Kali and myself, we have a lot of experience in business, a lot of experience in sales and marketing. And even on the tech side, we've got a lot of much broader experience that we could share and that, you know, time to time we'll see conversations going on where we really want to jump in or we really want to write a blog post or put out a podcast about something that's a bit broader, but we have to have that discipline to not veer too far off the reservation when it comes to the things that we talk about. Because we see people doing that all the time. They position themselves as a Facebook ads expert or a 
weight loss or a Pilates expert or a content marketing expert. And then, you know, they just start talking about completely random things that have nothing to do with that topic because they want to get their opinions out there. They want to share their thoughts. They want to demonstrate their expertise, but they end up losing focus. They muddy the waters. And as a result, it becomes confusing for your audience because they don't know what you're about. They don't know what you stand for. They don't know whether suddenly the guy that they've always turned to for support on Facebook ads is talking about lifestyle tips and meditation and all that kind of stuff. They don't know if that means you pivoted, if you're no longer interested in Facebook ads, or whether you're just indulging this new topic that you have some thoughts you want to share on. So, Getting tight on our niche and staying focused has without question been a big, big game changer for us. And it's something that we have to be mindful of and that we have to continuously give ourselves a little gut check, a little sanity check to make sure that the stuff we're putting out there is on message and that it is the right content on the right topic for our audience. So getting tight on our niche, sticking to our niche, staying in our lane and having the discipline, the persistence and the consistency to always show up for our audience in the way that they expect us to. And that is to only focus on memberships. The next thing that really moved the needle for us was making great use of segmentation in order to guide the content that we were creating, in order to create compelling lead magnets to get people on our email list, then personalize and tailor the emails we were sending to those people and target our sales messages according to the interest group that those people had identified themselves as being in. Now, this isn't something we did from day one. When we very first launched the membership, guys, we were just like any other blog. We would publish content, we'd have maybe 20 or 30 different different categories. And on a post by post, episode by episode basis, we just assign that episode to the appropriate categories. There was no real segmentation. It was just one big melting pot of content. And we had a single opt-in. So you could opt in from membership planning toolkit, which consisted of our plugin comparison chart, an invite to our private Facebook group. And I think there was maybe a membership planning workbook. And this was all bundled together as a single broad, generic opt-in. Now it did okay. It enabled us to build up an audience and to get enough traction to be able to launch Member Site Academy three months after we started putting out content. However, when we really started making use of segmentation, our signups literally doubled overnight. As in, within a space of 24 hours, we were getting more than twice as many email signups just because we'd been more deliberate about segmentation. So we decided that we were going to start putting our content into three buckets, planning, building, growing. And we would use the design and the interface of our website to channel people into the appropriate stage that they were at for their membership. For each of those segments, we have a specific opt-in to encourage people to sign up to our email. So if somebody's reading a blog post about building their membership site, the call to action will be for them to sign up to receive our membership plugin comparison chart. If they're reading a blog article about growing their membership, so improving retention, marketing, and sales, we don't want them to sign up for the plugin comparison chart because chances are they're past that stage. They're now running their membership and they want to know how to grow it. So the call to action is for something different entirely. 
this isn't particularly advanced stuff. And we've kept it fairly simple. We've just gone with three core segments. We could probably break it down even further into five or six segments. But just by having those three core groups that we use as a focal point for determining what content we create and when, and also for designing the sales funnel and ensuring the messaging somebody sees all the way through from reading free content to joining up Tron membership right into their new member experience is suitable and relevant for the particular stage that they're at. And actually in doing that, in essentially separating out our sales funnels into those three segments, we've been able to do some testing, some refinement, some tweaking and tinkering in order to find the right combination of email series, the right combination, the right types of landing pages and the ways in which we structure our sales messaging. We've been able to tailor that more appropriately to each of those groupings to see what works well according to where someone else is in their journey rather than having one master sales funnel and trying to get it appropriate for absolutely everyone who signs up to our list. So really doubling down on that segmentation has been a massive, massive game changer for us. It's led to higher leads. It's led to higher sales. We get more traffic now because again, we've got that focal point that informs the type of content that we create. And we ensure we've got a good balance between content that's put out for each of those three segments. So that's definitely a big thing that's moved the needle for us. The third big thing I just talked about before is having that killer opt-in. So I mentioned that membership plugin comparison chart that has been unbelievably popular. That took us a long time to research, to design, to put together. It takes a long time to continuously update. So we're refreshing that every three to six months. It's a long term development for a free opt in. And so many people just aren't willing to put that effort in. Instead, they'll just cobble together a couple of thousand words, stick a fancy cover on it and leave it at that. They don't put any real effort in. They just create something that just about passes muster as being enough to try and get people to sign up to your email list. By going above and beyond what most people will do and creating their lead magnets and creating something that was truly comprehensive, that had a real practical benefit to it, that people just had to have, that genuinely saved people time and made everything easy for them. That again, massive, massive game changer. Now we brought that in before we started with the segmentation. And I talked about the fact when we went in with segmentation, our signups doubled. Kind of the same thing happened once we brought out the membership plugin comparison chart, and it continues to be one of the most popular downloads we have today. Now, in addition to the three core segments that we got on our site, for which they are individual lead magnets, we also have a single generic lead magnet as well. So we got four essentially main lead magnets. We've got the planning lead magnet, the building lead magnet, the growing lead magnet, and the general one. And that general one, again, when we created that, we took the same approach. We went above and beyond. We wanted to create something comprehensive. And so we put together the membership blueprint, which is this mammoth checklist that covers all the key tasks that you need to go through from planning to building, to launching, running, growing your membership. Again, same thought process. It took a long time to put together, took a long time to get right. We're constantly tweaking and refining it and is genuinely useful, genuinely practical. We hear from people every day how much it's helped them to start, launch, 
grow their membership site. So putting in that extra effort to create a truly killer opt-in, something that people would actually be willing to pay for if you were selling it as a standalone product, that is going to make it a no-brainer for somebody to sign up to your email list in order to receive this from you. And then of course, once they're on the list, you can nurture that relationship and you know they're going to be thinking if your free stuff is this good, how amazing is the stuff going to be once I join the membership? So having that killer opt-in, again, big, big difference maker from us. And all it takes is for you to just put in that little bit more effort and try to think differently about how you can create something that is genuinely useful, that genuinely has value. If it's not something someone would otherwise pay for, people aren't going to be blown away when you offer it for free as a lead magnet to try to bribe them or encourage them to sign up to your email list. Something else which has been massive for moving the needle for us is introducing the member-only theme for our Academy members. So I think we brought this in maybe a year into running the Academy. We were getting so many positive comments and so much great feedback about how much people loved the look and feel of our membership site. Now, of course, we've got well over a decade worth of experience in the web design and development industry. And so that affords us the ability to create some pretty cool stuff for our own website. So we would get a lot of questions about, you know, how can I make my site look like this if I use the Divi theme or if I use the Astra theme? Can I tweak it to look like your site? Now, we obviously didn't want to just give away the theme that we built for our own site for a variety of reasons. Some of the functionality we created just was not built in a way that could just be bundled up and given to other people is really, really custom for us. Some of the stuff under the hood, you know, it's held together with sticky tape and blue tack. It's functional for us, but it's not fit for public consumption if we were to give it to people in the theme. We also, you know, we don't want a whole bunch of copycats of our website cropping up. You know, it's a big, big feather in our cap to have an amazing looking, amazing featured membership. We just don't want everyone and their dog being able to whip up an exact replica of the academy and neither should they want to because the features we have are the features that are right for us the look and feel and the interface we have are the look and feel and the interface that are right for us so we want to find a middle ground and in doing that we create the member only theme which is a free wordpress theme oh Sorry, it's a WordPress theme that is free to our Academy members, which is inspired by our own design. So some of the aspects of Member Site Academy, such as a way in which we structure and lay out the courses, they have been uh, heavily featured in the member-only theme. The dashboard design and what you can do with that, again, that's based on an earlier version of the Academy dashboard. The content library has some similarities with ours. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do in the theme. It was fairly straightforward when we first brought it out is very much designed for the insides of memberships but over time it's become a bit of a beast in terms of just how powerful it is and how cool a lot of the features are now i'm a bit biased but you know this is backed up by the feedback we get from our members and offering that theme has been a big big difference maker for the academy because it gives us something that is truly truly unique content can be copied other people can put their spin on your courses and you know there's only so many ways to skin a cat in terms of teaching a particular topic but things like the member only theme that's so much harder to replicate 
and the fact that it is only available to Academy members and that you need to remain an Academy member in order to get updates to the theme, which you're going to want to get because with every update, we bring in some awesome new features. You also need to remain an Academy member in order to get the support. If you have any issues or you want to make some changes or you have questions, support is only available to Academy members. And that's great as a retention hook as well. And that's not something we hate. You know, we've been completely upfront with people. We encourage people to have this sort of tool or some sort of software, something that makes your subscription to your membership absolutely essential. And that is very much uh, what Memberoni enables us to do. Not only as a value add to our members, but also as something that obviously is going to play a big factor in their decision to stick around, even if they're done watching courses, even if they don't use the community too much, having access to the theme, all the updates and support. Again, that's worth the price of admission. Now, that's not to say that it hasn't been without its challenges. One of the uh, biggest things that we've had to deal with from the fact that we started offering the theme is that, you know, sometimes some people, the minority of people, but some people, they're maybe not happy with the fact that Memberoni isn't a direct like-for-like copy of our website. Uh, But again, fortunately, those are in the extreme minority. Uh, I think we maybe had one or two people who have uh, blown a gasket over the fact that this particularly cool little new feature we added to the Academy wasn't just easily replicable in the Memroni theme. But, you know, there's so much awesome stuff under the hood in Memroni. And actually, there's quite a few things in Memroni that are better than the Academy now, especially with some of the things that we've got coming up as well. So it all balances out. But having that theme there as a way of really ramping up the value proposition of our membership and having something unique that is very hard to compete with, very hard to copy, as well as an essential tool that our members are using that makes staying a member a no-brainer. Again, big, big factor in how successful we've been able to make the Academy. And then the final thing I want to mention, it's such a, a simple kind of relatively small thing by comparison to some of the other things I've talked about, but that's our weekly member email. Now, when we very first started, we actually launched a a little weekly member news show. So uh, what we would do is once a week, uh, myself or Kali would sit down, we'd hit the screen recorder and we'd basically talk our way through. So we'd narrate through a selection of handpicked discussions from that week. So on screen, you'd see us load up the discussion and you'd hear essentially commentary about, you know, why this was a good discussion, our thoughts on it and so on. We'd also throw in some little tidbits, you know, let people know about what new content we had, what was coming up and all that sort of stuff. Seemed like a good idea at the time, you know, these, uh, but these shows ended up being 15 or 20 minutes long of just watching somebody click through a few tabs and a few buttons on the screen and they were going out every single week. So it was just overkill. People weren't watching them. So we scrapped them in favor of something simpler. So every Saturday, we started sending this stuff out in an email digest. So we would send out just a a little note, a little message from us, a little roundup of any kind of new content or cool stuff that happened in the community, member wins and stuff like that. And then the bulk of the email would just be a list of handpicked discussions that we thought were well worth bringing to the attention of our members. Uh, It's not complicated. So, so simple. And people absolutely love it. They went crazy for it to the point where we actually, the very first weekend where um, normally we'd send it out quite early in the morning. It's actually part of Callie's Saturday morning routine. She'll pop the TV on the background. She'll sit with her laptop and write this email. The very first time that we were a little bit late in sending it out, it didn't go out till late in the afternoon. 
We were inundated by people asking what was wrong, complaining that they hadn't received the email, checking in to make sure that we were all okay. So that, as soon as that happened, that kind of confirmed to us that, you know, something so simple can have such a big, big impact. And that has massively, massively improved the engagement in our community because some people actually, they've told us that they generally don't check in the community during the week. They wait until the weekend, they get their email, and then they essentially get to dive into the best of the discussions from that week. So we're engaging people who otherwise might not be engaged with the community. And this has been reflected in the stats when we look at the number of posts, when we look at the number of active of members, how many people are logging on to the community, our forum is far more active and far more engaged than it rightly should be given the nature of the topic and given the fact that it's an online forum rather than something like a Facebook group or something like that. So that weekly email, the simplest thing, we've been doing it for about three years now. And again, the open rate on it is crazy. The click-through rate on it is crazy. It is a massive, massive game changer for engagement on our forum. Such a simple thing, but when you compare it to what we were doing before, where we overcomplicated, we overthought it, we were trying to turn it into a much bigger thing than it needed to be, and it flopped, we just had to simplify things, take a different approach, and it's worked like gangbusters. So again, as I said at the beginning, this isn't essentially a list of every single thing that if you were to just copy what we're doing, you're going to be mega successful. <laughs> Some of the things that are obviously big, big factors in our success, they're obvious just by looking at what we do. The podcast's a big thing. The Facebook group's a big thing. The level of product development we have in making the academy, the singular resource, the absolute best and most comprehensive resource for anybody running, planning, building, growing a membership site that again, you know, the quality of the product, the successes of our members, all that sort of stuff is obviously they are the biggest pieces of the puzzle. But the stuff I'm talking about today, this is the in-between stuff. These are the little needle mover things that if you can find ways of applying this kind of thinking to your business, it can make the difference right across the board. Now, there's some things that we've done and we've tried that we had maybe expected would have more of an impact on our business, but in the end, they really, really didn't. And I wanted to just quickly touch on some of those because these are some things that people can spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort on. And hopefully just by sharing a little bit of our experiences with them, it'll put things in perspective and maybe make you rethink some things. So uh, one of the big, big things that we had on our list as a key part of our strategy when we very first started out was public speaking. We knew we wanted to be on stages around the world at different events, getting the message out there, talking about memberships, positioning ourselves as the membership experts from the stage. And we've been fortunate in that we've managed to actually speak in front of some amazing crowds, some of the biggest events in our industry. And that all came about a lot quicker than we anticipated as well. That all essentially lined up within a year or two of us getting started where we thought it would be a much longer process. So while we've seen success purely from the perspective of being successful as speakers in terms of the events we're invited to speak at, that hasn't really translated into much that has benefited the business. Don't get me wrong, I love speaking. I love the fact that when I go to these different events, I always get the chance to either meet members or meet people who listen to the podcast. And, you know, we do get a small trickle of members who come who say that they very first discovered us at a certain event. But I think, and we see so many times when people are using or, or hoping to become successful public speakers, they are expecting the floodgates to open. They think that if they get on these big stages at events like social media, 
your marketing world and so on. If they get on those big stages, then that is going to be a massive, massive change maker for their business. And that is very, very rarely the case. In fact, the more that we speak, the more that we get to know other speakers on the circuit, the more that you realize that it's not as big a deal in terms of delivering sales, in terms of increasing traffic, even podcast listeners. It just doesn't do as much for you as you might think it does. Now, it's good for positioning. You know, it's never going to look bad if you can obviously post images of you standing on amazing stages and if you can show uh, the logos of some of the well-known events that you've spoken at. But it is not the big deal that I think a lot of people think it's going to be, especially considering just how much time, how much effort, all of the travel, the prep, all that sort of stuff. And this is coming from the perspective of someone who was able to get on those big stages a lot quicker than I think many other people would be able to. I was anticipating a slog to work my way up over a number of years. So I haven't even had to do as much work to get there as the average person might have to. And already I'm saying the payoff isn't as big as you might think it is. So if you're seeking these huge public speaking opportunities and you're putting in all this work, you're putting in all the miles, you're allocating so much time, effort and mental bandwidth into chasing these big stage gigs, hoping that when you get there, you'll be rewarded by an influx of new members. Truth is, that is so rarely the case. So that's definitely something that didn't move the needle as much as we'd anticipated that it would. And similarly, getting connected with big names in our industry, again, that's something that I think very early on, we thought, you know, yeah, if we can get on this podcast, if we can get connected to this person, if we can have this huge influencer telling other people how great we are, then again, that, that could just be revolutionary for our business. That could totally change the game. Again, it just doesn't quite happen like that. We've been very fortunate, we've been very blessed to make some great friends who are big names, big audiences, they're big influencers. And again, it just doesn't do as much for you and your business as you think that it might do. Now, there are, of course, benefits to essentially associating with people of a certain level, uh, even just the types of conversations that you have and getting insight into how people play at that sort of level. They're all useful. They're all beneficial. But in terms of really making major change in your business, once again, if you're, if you're chasing relationships, if you're sucking up to the big names in your industry, if you're traveling all the way around the world to go to a conference in the hopes that you can take a selfie with your favorite podcaster, just know it doesn't do anything for you. It really, really doesn't. Certainly not to the degree of time and effort that some people put into this sort of stuff. You know, we see this all the time, particularly in the online business space. You have people who dedicate ridiculous amounts of effort into climbing, into getting connected to the celebrities of their industry in the hopes that, you know, they'll get invited to little dinners or they'll get a mention on the podcast or they might be invited onto their Facebook live show and all that sort of stuff. They're essentially hoping that they're going to get this big break that will catapult them to new heights and that that will translate into an influx of new members for their membership site. Again, it's so, so very rarely works like that. And I'll readily admit, you know, the very, very first time we went over to Social Media Marketing World, we went there strategically to connect with certain people, to introduce ourselves to various people. We wanted a seat at that table and we got it. 
not as a result of going to social media marketing world to try to get it, but just through the fact that we were doing public speaking and we came quite well known in the membership space very quickly, we got a seat at that table. And, you know, it was fun. And we become real great friends with some of the people at that table. But I could not point to that and say, actually, that then translated into our membership sales quadrupling or into anything that we couldn't have got through other means. So again, if you find yourself putting in an inordinate amount of effort, chasing big name connections, if you're sitting there constantly tweeting your favorite blogger in the hopes of being recognized and retweeted, and you're betting everything on that, you need to refocus elsewhere. Getting connected to these big names isn't going to catapult you into superstardom. And in the very, very rare examples where that has actually happened, you have to understand that they are the exception, the very, very rare exception and not the norm. Okay. So again, that's not to say that there haven't been benefits of uh, connecting with people who are playing at a higher level and who are influencers and who are well-known, but it's all to say that if you're looking at that sort of thing as being a major, major game changer to really move the needle in your membership business, you're going to end up disappointed. The final thing I'm going to mention, this is probably just more specific to us, is paid advertising. You know, you see so many people put so much stock in the value of paid advertising in their business. We've actually invested quite a lot of money in testing and and bringing in outside experts to run paid advertising campaigns to call traffic, to help us generate leads, more traffic, all that sort of stuff. And in the end, we've actually stopped. You know, uh, the campaigns that we ran were very, very confident that they were as optimized as they could be as well thought out, as well structured as they could be, but it just didn't move the needle for us in as big a way as we'd intended. Now, some of that is because we actually do really, really well for organic traffic. Some of it is also because our traffic converts at a very, very high rate, again, without us needing to use paid advertising to push people to sign up to our email list or anything like that. So while the ads that we ran did send traffic to our site, the actual cost of that traffic and even the quantity of that traffic in comparison to other organic channels we didn't need to pay for, it just wasn't of a high enough level to see this as a real viable marketing and advertising channel. Same for lead generation, we ended up paying a lot more per lead than we felt was was needed considering the relative ease with which we generate leads. We figured that we could take the advertising spend and invest it in improving the quality of our content or in hiring more staff in order to streamline the content production process so that, again, we can actually spend more time creating more stuff or doing more things that will improve our organic reach, that will get us more search traffic and all that sort of stuff. So with a lot of time, with uh, working with some phenomenally talented Facebook advertising experts in investing significant sums of money, essentially just to validate whether or not paid advertising would be a needle mover for our business, we no longer have it as a central part of our strategy. Now, the big, big exception to that is retargeting for checkout abandonment. Our checkout abandonment ads work like gangbusters. We maybe pay four or five dollars per sale from people who have gone to our sales page and then not checked out. 
So they'll see retargeting ads on Facebook. We maybe pay about eight or nine dollars per sale that is generated through those ads. And even more effectively, ads that are shown to people who start the checkout process but don't ultimately complete it. We're able to salvage those sales and get those people back at a cost of maybe three to four dollars per sale. So on that side of things, the paid advertising for checkout abandonment is just sickeningly good and sickeningly effective. But paid ads for traffic and lead generation just were nowhere near the level of return that we felt was acceptable to our business in the context of all the other things that we're doing and the level at which all that other stuff is performing. So again, keep in mind that we are very deliberately just talking about our business, just wanting to share experiences and some of the things we've done along the way that have worked, that haven't worked or haven't worked quite to the level of our expectation. It doesn't mean that, you know, you have to go out there and cancel all your paid advertising campaigns or, you know, you need to cut off those uh, big name connections you've been talking to or anything like that. And of course, it also doesn't mean that if you start sending out an email every Saturday morning, all of a sudden your forum or your Facebook group is going to blow up with eager, engaged, enthusiastic contributors. But hopefully in what we talked about, we got some little tidbits and inspired some ideas or even just changed your thinking on some of the things that you're focusing on in your business. That's it for this week. Head on over to themembershipguys.com slash 212. There you're going to find all the show notes, all the links, all the resources related to this episode and some other cool stuff that we think you will find useful. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are a brand new listener, make sure you hit on that subscribe button in your podcast app to ensure you don't miss a single episode. And if you're a long-time listener, you know that I love you. If you get a spare minute or two, I would so great appreciate a few nice words in your favorite podcast app only of course if they're accompanied by a nice shiny five-star rating is that too much to ask i'm sure that it's not anyway i'm not going out to say my welcome thank you again for listening to the show hope you found it useful i'll be back again next week with another installment of the membership guys podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode of the membership guys podcast we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com the Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.